2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show and welcoming, welcoming him in as my co-pilot once again, a member of the LettermanRoad.com crack staff. He's on On3.com. Spencer Holbrook, welcome back to the Tim May Show.
1: Always good to be here, Tim.
2: Okay. First, I thought you weren't going to say anything, and this is not a mime show. This is a, a mind show, mind bending, but uh Dude, I mean, you know, if you take a deep breath, even though know, it was 92 degrees here in Columbus today, as we're filming this, filming this, recording this, you can smell autumn in the air, man. It's right around the corner. As we, as we uh, record this It's 12 days to Ohio state's kickoff at, uh, the Indiana university and uh, Ohio state yet without a name starting quarterback, which doesn't bother me much, but bothers seems to bother a lot of people. Uh, but, uh, you can sense football season's right
1: around the corner, right? Yeah, there's a sense of excitement, a sense of eagerness. I think there's a sense of anxiety with the Ohio State fan base. So that must mean football's back. Uh, it's in my favorite annual tradition as Ohio State fans working themselves up maybe a little too much. But um, they allow us to do what we do for a living, right, Tim? So yep. uh, can't complain too much. And I uh, love that football season is, you know, it's here almost.
2: Yeah. As you described it, I mean, I think systems are normal when it comes to their Ohio State fan base. I mean, there's got to be something going on that they're uh, uh, maybe not feeling good about at this point in a preseason camp. And, uh, you know, it's funny uh, because I my guest this week is uh, an interview I did with Mick Marotti, Mickey Marotti, uh, Ohio State's uh, uh, well-known, much ballyhooed strength and conditioning coordinator. He has some kind of more hyper more hyper, uh, uh, hyper type of title that he goes by. But bottom line is he's one of the best in the business, has been for a while now. And we talk about dealing with the heat of August. We talk about uh, uh, things that Ohio State has in place to keep these guys as safe as possible, to monitor their nutrition height, their hydration height, uh, right on down the line. I mean, uh, uh, they've got all kind of th- kinds of things going. He doesn't just tell guys to pick up 120 pounds and curl it with one arm. There's a lot more to Mickey Marotti uh, and his staff than that. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, this has been a, you know, it's been an interesting preseason camp for Ohio State, the number three team in the country, by the way. Uh, what is What has just stood out to you besides Ryan Day, not quite ready as we record this, not quite ready to name a starting quarterback? What's one other thing that stood out to you about this camp?
1: Yeah, I think it's just a competition, Tim, right? Like, Brian Day, we saw it in training in spring camp where everything was a point total. And the offense and defense, maybe uh, a little bit of fudgery with the numbers uh, to try to get it to be a last-second thing at, at that spring practice that we watched at Student Appreciation Day. You know, the offense has to get the ball down the field and score or or the defense wins practice. I don't know if I completely buy that, but everything was charted. And the point totals were, you know, very – absolute and and trying to get the competition and that's where they picked up in training camp is exactly there with that competition I think it's interesting that that they've done that and I think that dribbles over into the quarterback battle I asked Ryan Day if that has anything to do with the fact that he hasn't named a starter and he said no because of course he did but it can't hurt that you yeah. preach competition all off season. And now your quarterback competition with just 12 days until kickoff, you're still in the middle of that because you're, you want to see what each of these guys bring, uh, you know, the offensive line, you don't really want to set them in stone because you want to keep seeing the competition go to see if there's a guy that can emerge late. Like, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just the competition level that they're preaching right now. It's not a, how can we get prepared to, Win a national championship. It's how can I beat the defense every day? How can I get the better of Marvin Harrison Jr.? How can I, you know, beat Denzel Burke on a route? How can I beat, Ty, you know, Ty Hamilton in a one-on-one? If I'm a guard, everything has been a competition, and I think that is a little bit back to the Urban Meyer playbook that won yep. this program national title.
2: I agree, 100. It has been a step back. Uh, they didn't declare it as such, but all you have to do is hear the buzzwords, you know, and competition is the main one of those. Winner loser. Winner loser is the uh, is an is the other buzz or is another buzzword that uh, was used much during the uh, Urban Meyer era that he ushered in when he showed up in 2012. And I agree. And here's the other thing: Cal McCord was considered one of the elite quarterback prospects in the country when he signed with Ohio State three years ago. Devin Brown was considered one of the elite, if not in some respect, in in some rankings, maybe the top. Uh, quarterback prospects uh, prospect two years ago when he signed with Ohio State. Why is everybody surprised that this might be at this moment a dead heat uh, as they head into the last uh, as they head in the last week and a half of uh, camp before the season opener at Indiana?
1: I right do exactly. according, according to the people who pay our bills, Tim, and they're pretty good at this stuff. The the yep. folks Charles Power and On Three, Kyle McCord was the number nineteen overall player and the number four quarterback in America in his recruiting class 2021 that's a class that includes quinn ewers it includes jj mccarthy some of the the quarterbacks who are the best in the country uh going into this year mccord was ranked higher or just as high as those guys devin brown was the according to on three was the number one overall player not quarterback but player in the 2022 recruiting class now that has a lot to do with the fact that quinn ewers reclassified into the 2021 class and was the number one player there Okay,
2: okay. so Devin Brown's number two, you know, if you figure that in. Go ahead
1: now. Both top 20, <laughs> both top 20 overall, five-star, cannot miss prospects. Yeah. And that's where – that's the big thing, Tim, is can't miss prospects. Now they are can't miss players. I think Ryan Day truly feels like if he had to start either one of these guys, he could. And this is almost a situation where you don't want to be the one to break one of their hearts because they're both really good players. And the likelihood that you could lose one of them – if you don't pick them, yeah. that cannot be easy and that shouldn't go into the equation, but it has to because you have to, because Ryan Day says it, you have to do what's best for Ohio State. Well, what's best for Ohio State now and what's best for Ohio State down the road have to both factor into that. Yeah. And so, how do you best manage this battle between two, really, two Titans? I mean, we haven't seen Kyle McCord in big time game action, we haven't seen Devin Brown throw a single pass, but these two are as heavyweight as they come as five-star prospects, every other program in the country would love to have either of these guys, Mm -hmm. let alone both of them. And so I think that's where this competition gets really juicy. Is like two five-star great players just duking it out every day in camp. And, you know, we get to have a front front row seat to a little bit of it. Ryan Day gets the front row seat to it. And he gets to see how these guys react. And I think that's the big thing is like Ohio State fans should trust both of these guys. Yeah. I, the tribalism that has er, erupted here in the last 10 or so days between Kyle McCord and Denver, I think it just needs to subside and just let this play out because either of these guys, no matter who he picks, Ryan Day that is, I think the program's going to be in pretty good hands.
2: Yeah, and the other thing, Ryan Day should not feel – the the only pressure Ryan Day is feeling right now is 3.30, basically 3.38 p.m. Uh, Central Time on September – the, excuse me, Eastern – what is wrong with me? 3 30 p. 3.38 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time on September the 2nd at Indiana. One of those guys has got to trot out onto the field as a starter. That's the clock that's ticking. That doesn't mean that necessarily Ryan Day has made up his mind. This is the guy for the rest of the year, but they do have to put a starting quarterback out there unless they run some kind of a razzle-dazzle kind of action with all those running backs they've got, but that's another story. I digress, of course, but the bottom line is Is you and I have talked about this many times, the analogy we keep using is a big-time race car, a big-time sports car. That's what this uh, quarterback is stepping into uh, with the keys in hand as soon as he is named. Uh, From a uh, weapon standpoint, I can't remember Ohio State ever being deeper. Yeah, they've had some maybe better – individual players at certain positions in the skill spots. Although Marvin Harrison Jr. I think is going to quickly erase any doubt. He, he's the best uh, wide receiver in Ohio State history from just a pure st- talent standpoint. That's a lot of people. We'll get to that, you know, on some other podcast. But the bottom line is they're going to they're going to get the keys to a major, major vehicle that's ready to run a race. Because I think the most important thing that's come out of preseason camp is I don't think they feel solid. I think they feel really good about the offensive line they've come up with, with uh, Josh Simmons, the transfer from San Diego State, uh, just winning that job at left tackle, it does appear. And then the flip back over to the right side to Joshua Fryer, uh, Josh Fryer, who was, was expected to be the left tackle uh, in when spring and all through spring he was, and was expected to be that going into camp. But sometimes things play out the way, uh, the way they need to. And Josh Fryer is back on the right side. He's going to be the starting right tackle, which I thought was the number one spot they had to get figured out in preseason camp. And it looks like Carson Hinsman is going to be the center. And uh, from everything we're hearing from the the people who've watched practice, the people who've gone against these guys, this is a pretty damn
1: good offensive line. Agreed? Yeah, I think the interior is is where obviously it all starts. But But the tackles, you probably feel good about Josh Fryer. Josh Simmons, I think, is the wild card. He's athletic. I think he's the most athletic tackle Ohio State has had. Uh, and I think that includes. Paris, I think Paris Johnson's a great athlete, but Josh Simmons is a is a really good athlete. He might be as athletic, you know. We I thought Brandon Bowen was really athletic in 2019, and he was a decent tackle. He wasn't, uh, you know, an NFL draft pick. He wasn't a guy who's going to wow scouts at the combine, but he was athletic enough to get the job done on one side of a of a good offensive line in 2019. I don't know why Josh Simmons can't be that for this team in 2023. I, Josh Fryer is amusing to me because he can just great roads and if you need a first down I would just run to that right side with Matthew Jones and Josh Fryer and let Carson Hinsman settle in there if you need a first down you run right there to Donovan Jackson on the at that right, left guard spot and let Josh Simmons develop I don't think you have to have a finished product with him in the Indiana game I don't even know if you have to have a finished product with him in the Notre Dame game seeing the reports yep. out of South Bend say that Javante Jean-Baptiste and a couple other guys are taking those first team reps that doesn't intimidate me if I'm starting a, a a tackle with San Diego State playing experience. If I was starting a tackle who had no playing experience, maybe. But this line to me is low floor, high ceiling. High ceiling, it can help you win a national title. Low floor, I think it's going to struggle against the the worst or the best of the best on this schedule. The Chop Robinsons from Penn State, the whoever Michigan throws at you, the Mason Grams, uh, you know, wherever he lines up, the the guys at Georgia and Michael Williams, uh, you know, playmakers like that are going to give this line maybe a couple fits, but overall Ohio state can do things because it trusts Josh Fry on that right side to mitigate things with Josh Simmons, let him settle in and let him grow into that role. And by the time October 21st rolls around, when you really need him against Penn state and he's ready for that action because, you know, he's got five or six games of experience at Ohio state under his belt. I, I like this line, the way it's coming together, but I still, I still really would like to see it. Luckily for us Tim, and I don't mean to be long winded. They get Indiana first and Tom Allen's going to throw everything at him.
2: I know, I've been I've been warning warnings not the right term. I've been telling people that forever. I said this is, you know, everybody's kind of making has looked at this uh these games leading up to Notre Dame and I go number 1 Indiana. Tom Allen has nothing to lose. He's a little bit of a uh wild card when it comes to defense. He will try anything defensively. He's going to test a a, start, a offensive line with with three new starters on it, and a brand new starting quarterback. He's going to come after him. You know it. If he doesn't, well, then shame on him. You know what I mean. And then, yeah. of course, uh, you know, two games later, Western Kentucky had the number one passing offense in the country last year. Is this defense ready for prime time? Even though that won't be in prime. No, that game's not in prime time. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but is this defense ready for prime time? Uh, Has it gotten things figured out, especially in the past defense big play area? You know, you're going to find out in a heartbeat when Austin Reed shows up in in Ohio Stadium and starts throwing the ball. And that's before you ever get to the game at Notre Dame. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going into these games, any of these games, even the Indiana game, uh, And you need to find a ticket and find it fast. If you put it off, if you procrastinated, or if you just want to plan ahead too, GameTime.co, GameTime, the GameTime app, they can get you in, man. They can find that ticket. All you got to do is call up the GameTime app and uh, search for the game or the concert or the uh, comedy show, whatever it is you're searching, whatever it is you'd like to go to, uh, GameTime.co and the GameTime app, can get you there. Like right now, just on my screen, I've got Penn State at Ohio State, October the 21st, time to be determined. Uh $173 right now, get-in price, for one of the prime games on the national schedule. Forget about Ohio State's home schedule or forget about the Big Ten schedule. This is going to be one of the prime games on the national schedule. It's going to settle a lot of uh, arguments, I do believe. 173 bucks to get in. And remember, if you download the Game Time app, which is preferred, and you use the uh, code uh, Buckeyes, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Hey, that gets you in for $153 bucks, Ohio State at Penn State if you make that your first purchase. And of course, uh, terms apply to any deals when it comes uh, to these services. But also, if you find a ticket on another ticketing service that gets you into a, that aisle or that area uh, where you've already bought your ticket on GameTime.co, for a lesser price or a lower price, uh, Game Time, the GameTime app or GameTime.co will refund you 110% of the difference. You know, you bought your Game Time, uh, GameTime.co ticket for 80 bucks, and you found it somewhere else for 70. You get 110% back of 10 dollars. That's pretty good. So uh, Game Time stands by stands by its business. And remember, download that GameTime app. Use the promo code Buckeyes in your first purchase. You get $20 off. Can't beat that, can you, Spence?
1: Well, no, Tim. And I know that you've been personally searching for some tickets to the Little Baby concert at Nationwide Arena on Saturday night. And when you were looking for those tickets. Who's you got looked, two? <laughs> you, looked, you looked for other places. And Game Time had the best uh, choices for that concert. I know how big of a little baby fan you are, Tim. And so when you go see little baby this weekend at nationwide arena, you'll be doing it because you went to the game time app and got your tickets there.
2: Hallelujah. You're exactly correct. I'm not going to say whether that's true or not, but you are correct. But, uh, Hey, speaking of little baby, you know, Mick Marotti, there's a segue for you. He gets some of these guys, they roll into Ohio state and they're not little babies, but they're nothing like they end up rolling out as, I know you agree with me on that, don't you? Don't you, yes. Yeah. Mick has got the conveyor belt going when it comes to developing the physical stature and the leadership stature uh, of these Ohio State football players. When he speaks, they listen. Correct?
1: Yes, for sure. He's he's uh, the cart. You know, you can't put the cart before the horse, but but he's the cart, and yeah. I think you know he hauls everything. Uh, you know, you you load up that wagon. He he's he's the wagon there, I guess because. Yeah. He is the one. I'm going along it. with your analogy because it's kind of like stuck in mud, but I like it. Go ahead he's, now. He's the one that, that, you know, you can't get anywhere without it. You, yeah. you, you got nowhere to sit. You got nowhere to haul things. I I think he's the the engine, I guess, that makes this program go. Maybe it, I could yeah. have become a 1920s analogy rather than an 1820s analogy. But I, I think Mick Marathi you know, he's the one that gets the, the Ohio State Buckeyes where they want to go to. And
2: I think any player that rolls into Ohio State has since 2012 when he when he took over as a strength and conditioning coordinator, uh, came in with uh, Urban Meyer, uh, any player has found that, boy, you need to get Mick Moraiti's endorsement before you have any other plans. And uh, we get into that. I get into that with the conversation I had with him here in the height of, of the preseason camp. And, you know, it's going to be hot again this week. And he has some good uh, – not only – talks about Ohio State and how they take care of these players and stuff, but also he has some good advice for for, uh, for youth athletes out there and youth coaches who are trying to steer clear of any problems with the heat. Uh, it's, a, it's a good listen to. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Mick Morati. Hey, Mick Morati, we're sitting here in the middle of August. Uh, camp is well underway. Uh, you and your staff are watching these guys like Hawks from a from a physical standpoint. You've put in all this work since January to here with, uh, with the exception of like a three-week, not respite, but uh, during spring drills and stuff. These guys have pretty much belonged to you and your staff. And just what's your take on this football team right now from a health, from a physical fitness standpoint?
0: Um, great question. Um, I think we're, we're in a good spot. I think, um, you know, the hard thing is, you know the one thing about the game of football, you—it's hard to prepare for the game of football because you can't wear helmets and shoulder pads while you're training. Whereas other sports, you know, basketball, you basically can play basketball to play basketball. So yeah. I think the off season is more for uh, developing, you know, speed and strength and you know general conditioning and then specific conditioning based on energy systems uh, for the game of football. But then you put the helmet on. Then you put the you know spiders on then you put the shoulder pads on it's a it's a completely different game and now someone's tugging on you and someone's pushing on you and hitting you and hitting you and then you got a guy in your face and you know you got a lot of different variables that you didn't have when you're just training so it's hard to mimic those you try to do the best you can but we're in it you're you know now you're getting ready for you know, games. You're getting look at the schedule. Getting ready for the games. You're getting ready for scrimmages. You're getting ready for those practices. So, what yeah. goes into it?
2: You know, you and I've talked many times before. I mean, I cover auto racing too and, uh, throughout my career. And uh, you know, the idea you roll into a roll onto a racetrack and uh, you've engineered this car to be a certain way, then it rains, or then the sun shines <laughs> hotter yeah, yeah, than yeah. you thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a totally different automobile than it was. That you built in the uh, the shop and you tweaked on and engineered on and made these little fine adjustments. Your job, y'all's job, it's all about those fine adjustments as the year goes on, right? I mean, it is. Uh, because you don't want to. You've got guys getting banged up, like you say. Flip side of it is you don't work those guys too hard. The other flip side of that is it's like a six-sided flip side. They got to be ready to play the next week. I mean, I don't know. What do you do? You feel a pressure building at this point in the season from your vantage point? Um. How would you describe it? it's just,
0: you know, again, you you use history and experience to help you through the the to guide you, but you talk about heat, like, you know, you got you got a big practice tomorrow, it might be ninety-two degrees, especially in the Midwest. You know, when I was in the SEC it was because it was hot all the time yeah. and you knew it was coming. But here, like, it's been it was sixty seven degrees when we started practice today. Then at the end it got a little warmer, but like next week it's supposed to be 92. Yeah. So you have to be ready. You have to hydrate. You have to be rested. You have to be, you know, have to make sure you got the nutrients in you. You've Got to make sure you eat. Make sure you take your heat guard. Make sure you take your electrolytes. Like all these things, you got to make sure you drink through practice and hydrate and take those breaks and get the, that Gatorade and get that electrolytes back in your system. Uh, because if you don't and you're dehydrated and the muscles don't work right, you know, energy yeah. levels don't work right. You know, now all of a sudden you put yourself at risk and we don't want to do that. Yeah, I just think
2: this is the weirdest sport of them all because you start you practicing in August when it's hot as hell and it can be snowing in November. Yeah, yeah. December's going to be cold at some point. Even with global warming, it's going to be cold. You know, they're going to be challenging. It is weird to to get, like I say, a team ready to face all of that just from a from an elemental standpoint, right? Yeah, 100%. It's yeah. You know,
0: again, we're looking at – you're looking at – the first game, you're looking at Indiana trying to get ready for September 2nd. And, 338,
2: 330 over there. Yeah,
0: and again, we've had games where it's been nice and cool. It's at night. Right. Not a concern with heat, not a concern with the environment. You never know at 330. You never know in the Midwest. You never know. And now you're on turf. It's another 10 to 12 degrees. You know, just a lot of things to take into consideration And what we try to do with uh, the performance staff here, the athletic training staff, the sports science staff now, which is a whole nother. Um whole nother entity that we're deal that we have. You know, you try to turn over every rock, every stone and make sure you're as prepared as you possibly can be when you when you play that when you play the game. Yeah. And that's all that matters is games. Yeah.
2: You know, two quickies come out of that for me. Number one is I've I've been covering football for fifty years now and I've never understood back in the day coaches you just want to work through the heat of the day to get you know and heck when I first started being around football, you weren't drinking a lot. They were taking salt tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, how far we've come, right? But I've always believed in my heart, you get more out of a team when you're practicing maybe in the cool, cool of the early evening or something, because they're not just trying to get through the practice. Yes. And uh, there is that fine line, right? Because you gotta, you can get a, you can get a game in September, 90 degrees in Ohio Stadium. We've all seen it. But where do you draw that fine line?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, a double-edged sword because you don't want to, if if you are in the heat all the time and say the game is going to be cooler, then I'd sometimes you just wear them out. Yeah. But if you're, the only way to get acclimated to, to sun and, and heat is to be in it. So there is a fine line, what's enough, not too much. And uh, we try to use all of our sports science data to help make that decision or help us make that decision from, yeah. from a
2: standpoint. What is, the, what is the coolest thing that's come along in the last year since you and I talked before doing this? Uh, Maybe a piece of equipment, maybe a scheme, maybe a, a regimen to put guys on. What's just what just caught your eye over the last twelve months that you guys have incorporated?
0: Um, I think the two the two coolest things. Number one, from a from a force plate data standpoint, where you you jump on a force plate, it tells you so much that that we may not have we might have seen with our eye, we might not have seen with our eye, and it gives us kind of where a guy's headed. Maybe there's some. You know something going on with them, and and you can pick it up, and you can kind of get in front of it. So the force plate data has been um, um, astronomical. It's been a very instrumental part of where we're at. The coolest thing is the urinal, um, the urinal specific gravity deals, where we now you can pee in a urinal and it will turn red if you're dehydrated, yellow if you're on the if you're on the border, and then green if you're hydrated. Yeah. So you know we turn the lights out in the bathroom, and and we have. Interns kind of marking what they see, and the whole thing lights up green. You know, I know somebody talked said something about the jaguars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we we were doing this back, you know, eight months ago. So. Yeah,
2: but did somebody have to convince you about that technology, or did you, or did you jump on it?
0: No, we've been we've been testing uh, we've been testing their urine pee specific gravity for ten years now, eight years now. So, uh, Sean Barnhouse brought it up. Hey, there's a there's this new product. What do you think? So we did our own little anecdotal test of. You know what? What does it measure um, from our specific gravity test? Yeah. We actually do the dipstick, and then based on what the test is in the new green, red, red or yellow. Yeah.
2: So. And, and when you get when you get that kind of information, how long does it take you to? I would say some players jump on that new technology. Maybe some are reticent about it. How would you describe uh, how they? Because ultimately, it's yeah, yeah. It's them involved.
0: They're they're pretty in tune right now. Maybe five years ago, seven years ago, we'd have to keep educating them. But right now they're in tune. Like they want to know how fast they ran in practice. They want to know, you know, where their body weight's supposed to be, where it's at, what happened. Uh, They want to know what they need to take. They need to know what kind of hydration, what's the best. Yeah. Like sometimes they play like they don't, they, they know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny because as you're telling me the story, I'm walking off the field with the late Chico Nelson, but he was a a safety here way back in the, I think it was the early nineties. And, uh, and I'm talking to him, like, you and I are talking. Back then, you, got, you actually could walk into here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden, he just fell to the ground. He had a, a heat a heat cramp throughout his lower, you know, middle, yeah, yeah. midsection. And next thing you know, you know, they are got an IV in him and all this kind of stuff. And knock, is it knock on wood now, y'all? Not that that's never going to happen, but it, is that a rarity now with the way y'all stay on top of it?
0: Um, You, you know, again, you can't prevent. Right. But... The other cool thing we have is uh, Kayla Olson has a patch that goes on their skin and it measures the salt, wow. that the electrolytes that leave the body uh, throughout a practice because we have guys that are super heavy sweaters. And then now once we know how much salt they've lost, we get them on a regimen of, okay, this is the product you're going to take every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes. We have performance liaisons with each position group. So then they know, like, you know, whoever,
2: uh, yeah. I don't know. Ryan, ryan Day,
0: yeah. ryan day quarterback needs uh to take this right stuff uh you know uh solution every 30 minutes and so yeah we're kind of on to again sometimes it's we we make guys weigh in every morning they weigh out after every practice uh, they all have a hydration regimen so some guys have uh you know high electrolytes some guys have just high fluid some guys have whatever um, and, again, we have people making sure that they do this throughout practice, before practice, Yeah. Uh, cold tank. You know, you guys see us in the cold tanks all yeah. the time. So we try to do as much as we can to recover them, to make sure they are hydrated, uh, properly nutritioned, and all the things that we need to do. Yeah,
2: I think the cold tank is one of the great things that's ever come along. I yeah, mean, you know,
0: I'm tired of fighting with guys sometimes. We well, yeah, but, yeah, but, but yeah, still. It
2: but it is. I mean, uh, uh, one you know, this is really funny because I just thought of this uh, from the standpoint of covering this for a long time is um, – players today i mean preseason camp was about getting in shape when i first started covering back in 84 it really was i mean some guys worked out but there was hardly any organized there was there was no organized offseason yes kind of thing and stuff now these guys you know you let them go you turn them over to ryan day you know you still do the keys of the car kind of thing no we don't but so we do
0: we do a, kind of a ceremony
2: yeah thing. but you understand what i'm saying yeah. i mean these guys are in shape what 11 out of 12 12 months now how would you describe what you know, from a – and maybe not peak, but pretty close to peak. I mean, yeah. how would you describe it? I mean, it,
0: it's it's kind of like what we call – I call perpetual condition. There, 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 are, there are twenty twenty three athletes that – I mean, when did, just like you said, when do they really get breaks? Yeah. They really don't. They get three weeks here, a week here, two weeks here. So you really got to be – you got to be in tune with load management. You got to know what they've done, what they do. Now, you know, back in the day when guys would go home for spring break, you'd be worried about them being out all night partying, whatever. Now, like – or where their young athletes are at, we're worried about them doing too much. You know, they yep. all have, uh, you know, quarterbacks go throwing school. The wideouts are going to catch, going to work on their craft, going their skills. DBs are going, yeah, I'm going to Florida on vacation, but I'll, I'm gonna get some work done. They all take their cleats, so it's really, I mean, it's 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 kind of flipped a little bit here in the last ten years. So We got to worry about that. We got to make sure they don't do too much, but do enough, and it, you got to be in that that zone. Yeah. Training yeah. zone.
2: overwork, overuse kind of thing. Yeah. Like with the yeah. quarterback, you can throw too many passes. Oh, my God, I t- mean, it can actually happen. Hey, you know, before I uh, get done here, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, there are a lot of <laughs> high, school, um, high school coaches, players, you know, even younger than that who might be watching this video. And I'm just – what what would be your – I don't know, your advice to them as – you know, obviously their games are going to be starting here any, any yes. moment. But what's your advice to them not to, how to how to handle, as a team, how to handle – heat situations uh, you know the stress of late august
0: yeah um great question i think i think number one um athletes need to make sure they are properly hydrated and you could tell by just you're you know when you when you pee and you, you're if it's clear and the clearer the better yeah you um, don't need that super gizmo no, you got to be careful with like caffeine and stuff because that'll that it's a diuretic and it will help it'll dehydrate you um you got to eat and I, I just know 15, 16, 17 year old kids don't they don't like to eat breakfast. So breakfast is the most important meal. Um, if you are a heavy sweater, make sure you salt your food and just um, if you're taking electrolytes, you're taking some sort of vitamin and mineral to to ha- help that with that. Yeah. Um, Gatorade during practice, Gatorade after. Um, you know anything that has Pedialyte is another good product. Um, anything that has those high electrolytes in it. Um, and just, you gotta hydrate. And I know kids don't hydrate enough because our guys here, they're in shock when we, when we make them hydrate enough and eat. And, you know, if you're not getting those three, four, or five meals a day, you know, you're. And then the other thing, too, is like, when I, I remember back when I played high school football, I would be so geeked up and, you know, it was hot in August and you, you'd go through pregame warm up and then you'd be kind of like spent like yes. what are you putting in your body after after pregame war, warm up yeah. are you are you eating something with salt and like pretzels and pop tarts i mean things with sugar and those things to help get you through that's what we, that's what we have in our locker room oranges and bananas and things that have those minerals that you're going to lose yeah uh, sometimes it's just breathing just calm down and take a big deep breath and you know be careful where your where your you know levels are your arousal levels
2: you know, obviously there's been a lot of things that have gone on, good and bad, in your – I'm talking about your profession yes. over the last many years and stuff. What is your sense of where your profession is now that – is your sense that everybody gets it or most people get it, understanding how far you can push things? You understand what I'm saying? Yep. You know, the workout – I'm not going to name names, but we know guys around the country who have had run into problems. I mean, it's – the. I don't know. What do you have to say – about where your profession is in that regard, and do you think more and more people get it? I think uh, the profession's in a way better place.
0: I think from certifications to education to um, continuing it, CEUs where you have to continually, um, you know, brush up on your education and know what's out there. And um, you know, sometimes again, you know, you learn from from situations. Yeah. We just want to continue to learn and never take anything for granted. Like. You know, even in our off-season program, we make these kids eat before we do anything. Uh, and sometimes when people get into problems and get into trouble, they just, you know, didn't want to eat or didn't they want to drink. They, yeah. they ran out of gas. And then all of a sudden, you got all kind of things you're dealing with. So we just want to make sure we continue to educate, uh, stay educated. Uh, talk about these things in our profession and really in the whole sports performance realm, you know, the trainers and the strength coaches and the nutritionists and the sports scientists all together. And we have what we call here our athletic performance team. And then even further, our high-performance team, which involves those entities where we talk about everything from, you know, I mean, ad nauseum, everything, yeah. just because you can't, you know, you, you, again, you can't take anything for
2: granted. Two of the quickies, now get out of here. Yeah. Uh. What stands out to me about your profession now and the way you guys go about your business, it is very specific per athlete. Yes. I mean, it didn't used to be that way. I mean, well, yeah, come on, man, finish this gasser. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you're behind. uh, uh, How how much more specific can I get? You know? Yeah, I've asked you this before. I'm I'm stammering because I want to make sure I word it (coughs) right. You're specific to each athlete, but each athlete has. Maybe a limit, but maybe a place here where they don't get to the limit. It, that's where you're getting into now, right? Is like, yeah. well, you're not to your limit yet. You understand what I'm saying? Is it is it getting to that point from a from a fine line?
0: Yeah, I, I think um, you know individuality or individual um, uh, sp- specific training, and it, it's it's really threefold. It's the general program. It's the position specific, like the again, the offensive linemen have a different job description. They have to do different things in a game, different things in practice than a skill player does. So you have a load barrier or load management there. And then the skill guys again differently. We just we monitor everything, so we kind of know where they're at. Yeah. We actually know where they're at and what they what their limits are when they need to pull back a little bit. You know, how far you can push them based on again. And then every athlete's different. Their ceilings are different. Genetic potentials different. Athletic potentials different. Like all these different things that you got. You know, again, when's a got strong enough? Yeah. Like when's he too strong? Yeah. Does a guy really need to have 750 pounds on his back? Yeah, you know, to train to to play the game of football, being great at you know, be an athlete, and be those things. So, you know, we, again, we have a we have an advising team that helps us, and the current research and what we where we need to you know focus on,
2: and kind of it's it's good to have. This isn't my last question, but I want to because this popped in my head. Give me one guy on this team that's I don't know, you know, people like to use that word freak. Is there a guy on this team that you kind of go, wow, you know? If everybody, you know, it's not putting anybody no, else No, 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 I get it. Give, give me a guy that just jumps out at you as like... As a freak? Or? Well, as in, you can't even push him too hard, maybe, or he, his uh, limit, you know, uh, his potential is such, uh, you know what I mean? He's already pretty good, but his potential is such that there's still more to go there. I mean, it's, you know, because when you see these guys, most of the time they're at, you think figure they're playing at or near their limit, and... Uh, but then there are guys that you know, man, that they can go a little farther. And that's didn't put anybody down. I mean, a guy that you just, have, I guess my point I is, mean, have enjoyed bringing along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what i, I saying?
0: get saying? I mean, you know, the obvious ones come to mind right away. I mean, you take a guy like Sonny Styles, Yeah. It, it's, it's seeing where he came as a 17-year-old. Now he's able to, you know, he's 18-year-old. Whatever 18-year-olds are allowed to do nowadays. And then you see where his ceiling is. It's just... You know, you just get them, you know, progressively take them, you know, to each step as yeah. he goes through. So it's, it's kind of cool. So there's
2: a, there's a great example. Uh, last thing. You know, you've been, ever since you came here with Urban uh, Meyer, uh, you've been involved heavily in defining leaders on this team, helping with that leadership uh, group, et cetera. What, what do you think about this group today? I'm not necessarily getting you to name names, but what what sense do you have of this team <coughs> from that vantage point of, does it have the leadership in place?
0: I think we have a very mature um, group of guys that have um, really embraced the leadership role and really embraced being able to grow into that leadership role. So it's real, I mean, you got a lot of older guys that have played a lot of football. So it's hard to be that leader if you haven't been in it. You know what I mean? We've had some guys that got some battle scars and yeah. have been in it and have been in those highs and lows. and all around so uh, it was pretty cool and uh, they did it you know we have our whole programs based on leadership and leadership groups and squads and they've done a great job it's it's fun
2: you're around these guys more than the coaches are do you sense there is a a chip on their shoulder is 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 that the right term because really it was self-inflicted wounds it cost them you know what I mean so where's it what does that chip on your shoulder mean I'm not sure but is there a driven factor about this team coming off of last year? I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: I think it's driven because of the leadership. You know, the leadership and the way they go about their business, their um, the uh, professionalism, the um, work ethic, you know, the accountability. I mean, those things kind of help, and the young yeah. kids, younger guys, see that, and you know, it's, it's 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 really cool to be around. It's a good group.
2: Mick Murray, thanks
0: for joining the Tim May Show again.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure sitting down with Mick Morati because uh he's a different kind of cat man. He pretty much is extremely confident and tells
1: you and is pretty straightforward in his comments, right, Spence? Absolutely. He's not going to uh sugarcoat many things, Tim. And I don't think a strength and conditioning coach should.
2: Yeah. And you're what he you said about when I was asking about some maybe who are some of the freakiest or 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 most moldable, I guess, uh uh Athletes he's, that are on this football team, and the one name that Im- immediately popped up was Sonny Styles. I mean, w- we've already heard Jim Knowles endorse him, Ryan Day has endorsed him, that he's going to play and play a lot from the get-go this year. A safety linebacker, cornerback, uh, mid-range fielder, whatever they call it in soccer. He may be the, full, like the fullback in soccer. Uh, it's it's interesting that that was the name that came out of uh, Mick Morati's mouth, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. And then he was just named a starter this week. Sonny Styles named a starter by Jim Knowles, who, you know, he knows that he's going to play a a linebacker safety role. He's going to just roam around the field and make plays. And I think that's pretty telling of the Buckeyes' defensive plans. They all almost revolve around what what number six is going to be doing out there on the field. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, last thing, real quick. Uh, uh, I wanted to ask you before we move on uh, what is the one thing that Ohio State needs to get done in the next 10 days to make? I don't know to make their fans. Besides naming the starting quarterback, to make their fans feel even better going into the uh, opener, where they're a uh, prohibitive favorite at Indiana.
1: Uh, hmm, that's a good question because it, it's just so much quarterback dependent now that he Ryan Day has named a lot of the starters on the offensive line, and Jim Knowles named a lot of the defensive starters. Are I mean, you buying, are you buying that the cornerbacks that the cornerbacks?
2: Could be elite this year, another elite unit, uh, with Denzel Burke, Davis Onigbanosen, and, and Jordan Hancock, just to name the top three.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm drinking that Kool-Aid Tim. I think they're going to be pretty good. And I think that's the the back end probably is just the, the biggest thing. Getting that short up, making sure you know who your starter's going to be. I think it's going to be jihad carter along with Lathan Ransom and Sonny Styles. But Mills yeah. throws now Malik Hartford's name into the mix. I think he's probably even even with Josh Proctor. I just I don't know if if there's a spot for Josh Proctor in this defense, and I don't like saying that. I like Josh a lot, but I'm I'm just not sure where he would fit into this, especially with a guy like Sonny Styles on the field. Uh, so I think it's that back end and just making sure that the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted before you head to Indiana because you can't go out there and start giving up big plays against that offense to open a year in which you're supposed to be much better on defense.
2: Yeah. I think Indiana's going to test them in all kinds of ways of what Ohio State didn't do well last year. Indiana's going to come after them. They're going to come after the new starting offensive line and quarterback. It's going to be a very very good opening test, I do believe, from a, uh, what do you want to call it, X's and O's standpoint. But, uh, Spencer, looking forward to it, man. We'll see you again next week. But uh, thanks for joining the Tim May Show again, my man.
1: Thanks for having me, Tim. always appreciate it.
2: And, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, uh, we'll see you then.